Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thank you, Vanessa. Nine days until the start of the NRL season proper off the back of a pretty fascinating two-week pre-season challenge. On the line is the NRL head of football, Graham Annesley, who joins us for the first time this year. G'day, Graham. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for your time this morning, and I I hope that it's going to be a regular chat that we have. Uh, I was saying at the very top of the show, it's, it's an unusual start to the season in your world because there doesn't seem to be a lot of drama around. Have you, have you noticed? I'm, in your world, right? I'm just saying in your world, what you're in, what you're in control of. Have you felt that? Yeah. That, well, yeah, look, it's been pretty smooth, I've got to say. I mean, although it's a bit like the calm before the storm in many cases. I'm sure we're uh, not that far away from uh, controversy and yeah. all the usual issues that we have to deal with. Uh, that's the nature of our game because uh, many people see things differently. But, uh, yeah, it has been uh, smooth. We've uh, we've had a good review at the end of last season. We've uh, liaised with all of the stakeholders, uh, overwhelming a response was that we should not change too much in the game, that it's in pretty good shape, and the Commission have responded to that, and we've just made some minor tweaks going into the new season. Do you think that there's a little bit of uh, the feedback around that, Graham? on um, because there's been sort of, okay, the NRL's knee-jerk in its response. They, they make decisions on the run. Was there a little bit of that, or do you think that you've possibly found a bit of a sweet spot in, in what you don't need to change? Yeah, I think there's a, uh, it's more the latter than the former. Right? You know, obviously, what has happened over the last few years with COVID meant that we had to do a lot of things differently. You know, we we did have to make decisions on the run. Uh, you know, packing up the entire competition and moving it to Queensland, uh, suspending it when COVID first broke out, and then uh, having to make a plan very quickly about how we got back on the field to keep the game alive financially. Uh, all those things, uh, you know, were decisions that had to be made on the run. Uh, because we were experiencing in an environment that no one had ever been through before. Uh, so that did give us the opportunity to make some other changes. It gave us the opportunity, to, for example, to go back to one referee. It gave us the opportunity to put, bring in uh, a raft of rule changes to try and make the game more exciting uh, for our broadcasters and our fans who watch the game, either live or on TV. So uh, all of those things have played into that. But I think we have hit that uh, sweet spot that you mentioned. Uh, the game... Uh, you know, has never been more popular, and uh, and I think everyone wants to see a period of stability now, where everyone can adjust to the changes that have happened, thick and fast over the last few years. The newest thing that we've seen is that pre-season challenge. We discussed this at length on my program yesterday and had a look at the whys and what fors. What do you think you can do better with the pre-season challenge next time around? Well, I think it's been an outstanding success. I mean, at the end of the day, these are trial matches. Clubs use these trials to to tune up for the season itself. Uh, but we've put a lot of interest into the trials. Uh, they've all been televised uh, on Fox Sports, and uh, so everyone, all the fans have had an opportunity to see their, their teams preparing for the new season. But we've also put some interest into it, into it with... Uh, um, playing for money, so there was $100,000 up for grabs. Uh, there We had to come up with an innovative scoring system because it only ran for two weeks uh, and I think that worked really well. I mean, it went re- literally down to the wire and was ultimately only won by one point. Uh, so 
all of those things I think have worked well. We had St Helens, of course, over here for the World Club Challenge, which, uh, you know, we, have, we guess there's been World Club Challenges held in Australia before, but they've never formed part of a tournament uh, at the uh, in the opening to the season. So uh, can things be better? Yeah, they can always be better. Um, so, we, you know, we'll look at what's happened over the last couple of weeks and, and talk to the club some more, get some feedback and, uh, and see if we can't even make it better next year. Could we streamline the count of the offloads, for instance, because that's what it came down to, but we had broadcasters with their numbers and you, your stats guys with, with your numbers. Is there a way that we can, if you're going to go down that road again, could we amalgamate those so at least we know what the number is? We don't have to wait around till we get the clarification. Yeah, look, I think there's a little bit of confusion about that over the over the two weeks, and you know, I'm sure we can do that a little bit better. But you know, the NRL stats uh, is the official stats of the game. Uh, broadcasters can at times, well, in fact, do their own stats, uh, but it's always going to be based on the official NRL stats uh, provider. And uh, I get think getting those coordinated uh, more quickly uh, is uh, it would be a great thing, so that we do now. Now, of course. Over two weeks, uh, as we said, we you know you're not necessarily going to get. It's not going to come down to the last game of those two weeks on all occasions. So uh, there's a bit of a there can be a bit of an anticlimax to the in the end of those two weeks. But again, we have to remember the purpose. Uh, we have to remember that teams are playing for points, and uh, and some teams will treat it differently to others. I've got one text here, Graham, that that asks a, a question that I think I know the answer to. But why the weekly break or the week break between this and the start of the NRL? Have you ever been tempted to continue the role, the momentum from trial matches pre-season into the season proper? Look, I, I, that hasn't been discussed in any at any great length. I mean, it's traditional in our game that we do have a break after the pre-season before we start the competition. And I think that's primarily because we do play Thursday to Sunday. Uh, and, uh, you know, coming off the back of the pre-season, uh, if we were to, due to start, for example, this Thursday, it's a very quick turnaround for clubs that uh, have played the weekend before. Now, I know that happens week in and week out throughout the season, but uh, it is a, a chance for teams to uh, regather, regroup, have a look at what's happened across the trials, and then make sure that they're in the best possible shape to start the uh, the season itself. So uh, the break has been a tradition. Uh, it, do we absolutely have to have a break? No, of course not. We could have kept going, but uh, I, I, there are no plans that I'm aware of to change that. What about the World Club Challenge? I mean, it was an outstanding success, an unbelievable game, but it's, it still was in within the framework of the preseason challenge. Is there any way, obviously we've, we've got it back now, but is there any way of making that a standalone event next time around? Uh, well, it'll, it'll depend. I mean, it's a year-to-year proposition. I mean, we have to negotiate with the Super League. We have to negotiate with the with the winners of their competition. And, of course, uh, in both comp- cases, we don't know who's won the competition until much later in the year. So there's always a bit of a uh, uh, short turnaround in terms of putting that game together. Uh, but a lot will depend on, uh, you know, what sort of format we get run with next season for the pre-season, whether we just repeat the, the format that we've had this year, uh, whether the English team's interested in coming here, whether the Australian Premier's or the NRL premiers uh, have any interest in going back and playing in the UK. We have to remember that at the moment we've got an odd number of teams. So uh, either a team going to the UK from Australia or reverse, as we've just seen with St Helens, coming to Australia uh, gives us the, that even number of teams and allows us to play uh, all 18 teams in an even competition so over two weeks so that we don't have someone with a bye.
Mm. All right. So we look ahead to the season uh, in nine days' time. And as I mentioned, no big changes, but amendments for the rules. So out of the rules that you've amended, the grounding the ball rule, and I ran through these a little bit earlier, the operation of the 18th player, bunker in foul play intervention. We've got the captain's challenge, a few amendments there. Offside infringements at the scrums, um, the 10-metre compliance in general play and the adjudication of completed tackles. What do you think was the what do you think was the key for you to to hit and to get right? What what was the biggest issue facing you? Do you think to amend? Well, I, I think uh, the offside infringements uh, and the compliance with the uh, with the ten meter rule is yeah. is always going to be the biggest challenge in our game. I mean, when you think about the number of play the balls that we have in every game, you know, there's uh, several hundred and uh, across the course of the game, that has the biggest impact. So teams are, are always trying to win the ruck. They're always trying to win the play the ball and uh, and dominate in that area. So, uh, and compliance in terms of trying to shut teams down when they're in possession, when teams are defending, uh, is always a challenge for referees. And in our game, I don't think anyone realistically expects that there'll be uh, all defenders uh, in line with or behind the referee uh, when uh, the ball is played in each ruck. Uh, it's just simply not possible in some cases for the players to get back. Some players are retreating. Some players are in front of the referees uh, in an offside position and the play might go to the other side of the field and the referee decides not to act on it at that particular point in time. So there's a lot of discretion in terms of the uh, uh, controlling the 10 metres and I think uh, the, the tweak that we've made is just to try and get you know that additional bit of distance between the teams so that the attacking team has the opportunity to do something with the ball without making a major change requiring players to be uh, to have both feet back in line with or behind the referee uh, is, is a, a relatively minor one that most people watching games won't even realise uh, but it's just that opportunity to have that extra split second of time for the attacking team. Is there one on-field issue that worries you more than others leading into this season? <laughs> um, no, not not uh, not nothing not stands out <laughs> um, um, because you know it's always very much a mixed bag. Uh, there's always controversy around either refereeing decisions or decisions of the match review committee, uh, decisions that are made at judiciary hearings, uh, medical decisions that are made. Uh, you know where the players are uh, required to sit out the rest of the game because of head injuries. All these kind of fall under my area of responsibility and in many cases, uh, as I mentioned at the very start of this conversation, Matt, people have different views on these matters. It doesn't mean that they're that they are necessarily right or wrong. Uh, it all comes down to uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder in many cases, particularly in very close decisions. Uh, but... You know, I would like to think that we can probably uh, get through the season with as little controversy as possible, but, you know, I'm realistic enough to know that uh, that our game uh, will always have controversy. There will always be differences of opinion. And uh, what we have to try and hope and strive for is to ensure as much as possible that uh, unquestionable errors that are made are minimised as much as poss- possible. And funnily enough, you know, whilst it's the headache, it's what makes the game go round, and, and you know that better than most. Are the Monday afternoon briefings back? 
Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, you know, we might uh, try and just uh, shake that up a little bit, but uh, it'll we'll still be dealing with the issues out of the, uh, the weekend. We might try and get a little bit more proactive with some of the uh, the trends and things that are happening in the game. But uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday afternoons, and I, I think it's an important part of the transparency of our game. Whilst we will will get errors, and you know there are errors made in every game. There are errors made by players. There are errors made by match officials. I think it's important that uh, that we put our hand up and we acknowledge those and then in in cases where we think uh, for example match officials or the match review committee have been criticized unfairly uh, it's also important that we come out and defend those positions uh, but we have to do that openly and honestly and um, and not defend just for the sake of defending uh, and uh, and acknowledge where errors have been made so we'll continue to do that and I think it's important feedback for the fans. Uh, you know, there are uh, many people that, that look for that information and um, we'll continue to provide it. It's a long season ahead, but you sound as though you're ready to rumble, Graham. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Matt. The NRL's head of football, Graham Annesley, there. So we've covered a fair bit of ground, a fair bit of ground. Those Monday afternoon briefings, um, like I say, you know, they are... The, the headaches that will come up through the season, funnily enough, is what makes the game go round in many, many ways. But the fact that we don't have any major changes, no new rule changes for 2023, do you think that's a good thing? Have you had a look at the amendments for the season? I've stepped my way through them. I'm happy to expand on any of those. Um, but do you think that that sort of says that situation's a little bit calmer than in the last couple of years. There's still going to be a lot going on and there's no point us having the discussion around the CBA, et cetera, with Graham. That's not his role. That's not his department. That's being looked after and there's talk around that Peter Volandis has stepped in there and my first reaction to that is, you know what, I reckon we're close. I reckon we're close to something. Um, If the big dog's coming in at the end, that means that the bone's ready to be chewed. So I reckon that we're going to get close to that. But when it looks, when you look at the operational side of it, at the refereeing side of it, at the adjudication side of it, that's Graham's arena. And I appreciate his time this morning. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Uh, Hit us up with any of your thoughts after this.